Double Jeff movie feature with Bottoms and the Na- Nandor. What was the name Nador. of it? <laughs> Nandor Fodor and the Talking Mongoose. Yeah. Okay. So two movies about Jeff. Yeah. Double Jeff weekend for us. We went out of our way just to make that one joke. <laughs> That's how dedicated we were <laughs> to the show. the show that, that episode. <laughs> so we're here to talk about all your Jeff news. Um, so the first movie. The Jeff in this movie is spelled with a G, right? Yeah, Gef. Gef. Uh, yeah, G-E-F. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, based on a true story. Um, yeah, Nandor Fodor is not a shitpost name. That's that's a real person. <laughs> God. So, this, so uh, if you are um, familiar with different kinds of cryptids, you might have already kind of heard of this story. Yeah, Jeff is, Jeff is a cryptid on the Isle of Man. Um, I listened to a whole podcast about this. Kayla does her research for this show. So everyone give it up for Kayla for thank doing you, the research. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I listened to a whole podcast about this very incident after we watched the movie, just to see how accurate the movie was and what they included and what they didn't include. And the real story of Gef, the talking mongoose is on the Isle of Man. There was a family that moved there called the Irvings and the Irvings had the patriarch of the family, Jim, the mother, Margaret, and a daughter, I don't know how to pronounce her name, Voya or something like that. But they get there and apparently a mongoose with the spirit of a human takes fancy to them and wants to be hosted by them. And the mongoose's name is Jeff. And Jeff is a cheeky little bugger. And he has, you know, he... There's a few things um, that he does that make him seem like a little bit of a trick because the daughter in the family is a really talented ventriloquist. People would constantly talk about how she was able to throw her voice through walls and everything. She's very, very talented. The obvious answer to this is probably that the mongoose was the daughter. (laughs) Yeah. But there's a couple of things that they went over in the podcast and that the movie didn't really go over that kind of make the mongoose seem kind of real. Like there's a game that the, that Jeff would play with the villagers where um, even a ventriloquist wouldn't be able to guess it right all the time for Jeff to get it right. A hundred percent of the time Uh, the coin thing. Yeah. You can, you can have a 50 50 chance of getting that right or wrong. It seems like the movie was trying to be more realistic and left even the more fantastical aspects of the story out. And to that try is to kind of, yeah, that is kind of my issue with the movie itself because a couple of the games that Jeff played with the villagers, cause they only mentioned the coin one in the movie mm-hmm. and yeah, the coin one is obviously a 50, 50 chance of you getting that correct. Any ventriloquist can probably do that and do it correctly. Um, 
But there was another game where even if the daughter was, you know, she couldn't like look, even if she was throwing her voice and to get it right, 100% of the time would be impossible for her. So that one is less explained, but it wasn't included in the movie. And I think that they should have, because it would have given some, because even I listened to that and I'm a very, very rational person. I don't believe it's very hard for me to believe in anything fantastical unless I just truly can't explain it. But whenever I listened to that in the podcast, I was like, oh, well, that can't be really be explained by a ventriloquist being able to do it. That was pretty cool. <laughs> so this movie. Um, yeah, I guess let's go ahead and give our scores up now. Um, I give the movie three stars. It was all right. It was OK. It was all right. It was OK. It was fine. It held my attention through it and um, it didn't do anything spectacular. And see, so this movie uh, is starring Simon Pegg, Christopher Lloyd, Minnie Driver, who's looking really good for her age. Uh, Minnie Driver, Driver is fucking gorgeous and always will be. Yeah. I also <laughs> always had a thing for that uh, redhead lady from uh, Supernatural, Ruth Connell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, she's also in this as the mom. But see, the voice of Jeff is Neil Gaiman. The author that we all love. I love Neil Gaiman. He's one of my favorite authors. So, going into this movie and seeing that it was a Simon Pegg movie with wacky people like Christopher Lloyd and Neil Gaiman, we were we didn't know anything about the movie going into it. So, we thought it was going to be something a little more weird and wacky. I thought it was going to be a weird wacky mongoose jumping around stuff, but it was completely grounded, the movie. Yeah, and that was kind of to its misfortune honestly that's yeah, why i didn't really I mean, rate it any higher the movie sure the movie told the true account without embellishing um like, but it also left some things out because it yeah because it did have it was like the movie they took a stance and the stance was that it's obviously the daughter and you know chances are i don't know there's some things uh more about the just some more background to this actual story because uh, the movie only focuses on one instance, and that's with uh, Nandor Fodor. Yes, everyone. The Nandor Fodor thing is interesting because he was a. Um, he uh, went he's in a believing skeptic. it. He he he's a skeptic, but he actually. So the actual story behind this is that Nandor Fodor uh, communicated with Jim Irving for two years before he actually oh, okay. went there. So they left that out. That, and changed no, they that. did not. They but they made it. They only kind of went over that because he was reading letters from Jim Irving while he was on the boat going over there. Mm -hmm. And that's like two years. I guess that was supposed to be them showing the two years worth of letters and their communication. Mm -hmm. But Nandor Fodor was actually a believer in Jeff whenever he he, he got on the Isle of Man. He movie didn't a, show that at all. Harry Price, the guy, the, the guy that told him about Jeff. Mm -hmm. He was the one that actually wrote a really nasty article about the Irvings and said that the daughter had no friends and uh, basically pretty much made her commit social suicide as a teenager. Are you saying they kind of swapped these characters then? Because yeah. it seemed like he was the believer. So, well, yeah. Did they do that just because Nandor Fodor had a funnier name? <laughs> yeah. So, Nandor Fodor actually, in the real account, he was a believer whenever he hit the Isle of Man. And then he was trying really hard to believe. And of course, like the other ones, they really couldn't pinpoint any true thing that happened with Jeff to really confirm Jeff. But you also can't deny Jeff. It's, you know, Jeff is kind of an, 
agnostic cryptid. You can't confirm him. You can't deny him. But, you know, Jeff, no one sees Jeff anymore. The daughter that was doing it is passed. She's passed. Went to um, her grave and never she, said anything. She, she uh, So Jeff actually kind of ruined her life. Mm-hmm. She never married or anything. And she claims a lot of that is because everyone thought she was so weird about the Jeff thing. And never they did show her being pretty weird in the movie. I was like, yeah, you know, this could be just some uh, undiagnosed thing back then. Um, that was probably more of the root cause. But uh, regardless, uh, she's a pretty weird person. Um, she died in 2005. Still claimed that Jeff was not her, not her creation. That's her. Even her um, last statement about Jeff is a little like, could be Jeff was not her creation, is what she said. And that's still a statement that could also mean that Jeff was Jim Irving's creation, her father, because Jim Irving is the one that was really, really into Jeff. The and joke we kept making in the movie that this the is longest- a mom. It's longest a, running dad joke. Yeah, it's a it's a mom joke that got out of control. Oh yeah, this is this is definitely a mom joke where Jeff is the mayor of the <laughs> mayor of the Isle of Man. Um, but yeah, it I don't know. I whenever I read this statement and heard it on the podcast that she she said that Jeff was not her creation. I kind of took it as maybe whenever she was really really little and she started throwing her voice, maybe her dad helped her create Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see how that could happen. And then it just kind of ran out of control and they thought it was really funny until and the whole it wasn't funny anymore. In, it in the end. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the thing is that was centered around this family, but all the people on the aisle claim to have heard. Everyone's Jeff. had a Jeff story. They all have a Jeff story. So yeah, that's the true story. And the movie, I guess does change some things because at, at the beginning they show Nader, Fodor, Simon Pegg, He's a skeptic. He debunks things. He also, like I said, seemed kind of agnostic with the way he answered a questions of does he see a ghost in the corner, which mm-hmm. we later found out the visualization of the ghost was his dad. Yeah. Knowing how he was haunted by his dad, which comes up again later. Um, so they they built him up as like tired. They did they did an exorcist shot. <laughs> you noticed that at the beginning? Yeah, I did. When he stands in the light. And I'm like, okay. Okay. Jeff's like, a good possessed demon. I want to see Jeff doing the Pazuzu, th- like like the stone. <laughs> so uh, he's going through letters with uh, his assistant, who is Min- Mimi Driver. Mini, Mini, Mini Driver. Mimi, Mimi. I don't know. Okay, she, uh, I don't know how old she is, but I thought she was pretty old. She's been around forever, hasn't she? She's gotta be in her fifties now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, she was the chick from Goodwill Hunting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they get go through letters, and he's uninterested in a lot of the letters. But the the letter from um, uh, the Irvings, but it's also connected to his colleague, Dr. Price, who's played by Christopher Lloyd. Who he's he's now he's getting old. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd is getting old. I haven't seen him a, a lot, but. I was good seeing him. It was good, yeah. Always love seeing Christopher Lloyd, but yeah, he's getting he's getting old. We gotta prepare. Here. So, so it's compared to the real story where he meets. So he to before going to the Irvings to the Isle of Man, he meets with Christopher Lloyd's character in a pub, as they call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they call all their little bars pubs. It's cute. It's cute. 
Right, so we get some pubs here in town. They're just bars. I don't whenever, know. <laughs> yeah, whenever you say we're going to the pub around here, it's like you're going to one little place that we have. And you can be literally meaning anywhere in the UK whenever you say I'm going to the pub. And they're like, where? Uh, they have wooden seats. Is that what it takes? They yeah, have wooden, wooden seats, booths. A, I don't know. It's a pub. <laughs> um, so he meets him and he tells his story. And uh, it's told um, by voiceover of this family of how he actually heard Jeff, yeah, but never saw Jeff because not. I mean, it's kind of you know Jeff is like uh, you don't really see Jeff. You see, you see a little bushy tail. Yeah, no one ever sees like a full mon- non- mongoose with like Disney mouth talking or something. Yeah, it's not uh, like that. <laughs> they should have had like it's some- through a door or through the wall, a hole in the wall or hole in the door. You yeah, know, around a corner. Yeah, I mean, this is, it does build it up a lot to, it has to be the daughter doing ventriloquism because the entire house is made out of panels. There's holes in the wall. So obviously someone's made it to where you can throw your voice and it go through the yeah, walls. They, you know, they show that, you know, if you speak into the holes, you can hear it wherever. So they yeah. show that the house is kind of made like that. And so nanar fodor gets here and he's shown to be pretty skeptical you said that it's a little different from the real story Yeah, he was actually a believer whenever he went to the the isle of man because of jim irving's letters because obviously jim irving is very enthusiastic about jeff so he's really skeptical and trying to go through it and jeff jeff's really they keep saying jeff's really shy We'll see if we can get him to come out. Oh, he might you not have come to, out. Okay, so and yeah, and the you real story. You have to story, really appease Jeff. Yeah, you yeah, have and to. The real story, Jeff, Jeff, I believe in you. Jeff, I believe in you. And uh, yeah, he Jeff agreed to talk to Nandor Fodor in the real account because Nandor actually believed in Jeff. So that was the only reason why Jeff said that he would come out and talk to Nandor. Yeah. So in the movie, it was a little different. They had to take him up to the cave. Was the cave? part of the story uh no they never mentioned the cave really, they never talked about the cave mm-hmm. so that was my that might have been something it just wasn't been, something that they didn't put in I, the, know, I thought it was kind of interesting so they go up to a cave and jeff steals things and they're in the cave and some of it's like women's panties <laughs> <laughs> like jeff's oh, perv so so that does kind of that does fall in line with the real account because i think i told you that in um our little message thing that uh, they should have included this in the movie because it was really fucking funny that Jeff is a pervert. Uh, Jeff would like hit on Margaret, the the, the which, Irving mother. Yeah, which if it is really is the daughter, that makes this even weirder. It, they did, that yeah. didn't happen in the movie. Yeah, and so there was an account. Uh, Margaret said that sometimes Jeff would be watching her through the wall and she would be undressing and Jeff would be telling her exactly what article of clothing she was taking off. Yep. That was weird. If the, on the daughter, the daughter. (laughs) (laughs) So, so they make the daughter pretty weird in the movie too. And, uh, I think it's a little, a little towards the beginning after, after they go to the cave is mini driver has more of an experience with the, the girl yeah she like has an experience with her where she's singing and um then she hears jeff through the wall singing back to her yeah Je- and like we said jeff is neil gaiman's voice yeah he's, do- he's doing a yeah it's fine he's doing a voice yeah it's, it's definitely normal. it's not just neil gaiman's voice it's definitely a voice like, hey, i'm jeff or something. <laughs> i'm jeff <laughs> it was it was a cute voice yeah, I'm a little asshole, mongoose. <laughs> kind of talks like yeah. that, maybe. Well, that was kind of how um, 
how whenever I was listening, to, it was the last podcast on the left, by the way, they always have the, the weird cryptid episodes and they're always pretty in depth. This is our crypt- cryptid episodes for all you people that love cryptids. <laughs> and we'll do uh, a true crime episode when we watch a movie about a true crime. Yeah, I I love cryptids and true crime, but anyway, they did the they did the Jeff voice throughout the podcast. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, yeah, it was really fucking funny. I remember that episode, but it's been a while since I've seen it. That's why I knew about Jeff going into this movie. Yeah. I didn't know anything about Jeff, but listening to the podcast, it was, it was, they were, it was really good. It was really in depth and it was funny. They never mentioned the cave or anything, but that's just also something that could have been not really like relevant. Who knows? Maybe they just kind of expanded on that. I don't know if it actually happened or not. Yeah. So, uh, mini driver's character kind of has a interaction with the girl. So the themes of the movie that is, you know, decently built up throughout the movie is themes of being scared of death themes of you know agnosticism yeah and jeff is really like an agnostic cryptid yeah like you know they didn't try to touch on god or anything as stupid as that we're gonna have this next week's episode we're gonna have to talk about god a lot because that's brought up a lot in the both the movies we saw yeah uh but in this movie it was more about it was more about belief so so one of one of the other things is um when he goes up to the when he first gets to the town the um what was he he was an assistant the uh, driver he was more than a driver was he, he was, no oh. he was like helped him on the farm oh too. i don't know this the, he, their helping hand yeah he was their helping hand on their farm and he was like the only one that didn't openly believe in jeff yeah he was like you know that jeff's not real but I, that i don't know that that is actually a thing they never said anything no, I'm sure about he was just a character yeah he they were that was just a character that they put in there this movie has like no views by the way like we are really one of the only people that saw this movie so um so he he um doesn't believe in jeff but he also that character doesn't believe in jeff but is also like they're they're just having fun like it's harmless like why are you being an asshole trying to spoil it type thing Mm -hmm. why are you trying to disprove jeff everyone here is having fun with jeff uh, it goes into a rather long story with the mayor of the town, who's introduced as just like a drunk at the small pub, which is just a room with a bar at the end, like, basically oh, yeah, you a met small our mayor. room. And everyone's like, "Oh my god, that guy was so smashed at the pub last night." Yeah, and um, so the mayor tells Toria his Jeff story, how the mayor uh, talked to him after his wife died. Yeah, after the the uh, funeral. After he goes and takes his pants off in front of everyone and pisses on the church. Oh yeah. So, you know, everyone's got a Jeff story. Um, what was the other thing that someone said that uh, Jeff quoted some poetry from, um, was it Keats? No, that was, yeah, it was, that was still the, the mayor talking. Yeah. He was, he quoted a poem that was the, he quoted a poem about, and it was supposed to be like comforting after his wife died. And many driver says, oh, she, she knows where the poetry came from. And, um... And the mayor says, yeah, but that was said to me in 23. That poem didn't come out until the summer of 24. Yeah, they said it came out before it was published. Yeah. Which is about as close as it gets to, like, something that couldn't have happened right. in the in the movie. Because the movie keeps it even really grounded. And um, the movie kind of makes it where that Nader Fodor doesn't believe. Um, he gets more agitated as the movie goes on. Um, he gets a phone call from Jeff later. Am I missing anything in between that you want to talk about? 
No, I mean, if we we'd be here forever talking about it. You've talked more about the real story than the movie at this point. Well, I mean, the real story. The real story is more interesting than I the movie. I love that's cryptid the, stories. I really do love cryptid stories. It, it is. See, that's kind of, the movies. I don't, I don't know. They were trying to be realistic. Like I said, like if they just had a talking mongoose running around and was like loosely based on this, then it could have been a better movie if it was a little wackier. I maybe I, I don't know. I don't know that I would have liked a a talking mongoose just running around. Maybe without humans around if they kind of panned out to a little cryptid mongoose with Neil Gaiman's voice that'd be cute but um if they had just added more of the things that didn't make it so obvious that they had taken a side in the movie um well yeah they had a message they were trying to say for sure yeah they had a message that they were trying to say and the message in the end that, that they were trying to say ended up kind of being a little cornball too you know, let people live and do whatever they want. Like, I don't... Well, it also had this message of, like, people trying to cling on to these things and wanting to there to be, like I said, didn't dip into religion, but wanting there to be something else because of a fear of death. And that's why, like I was saying, the phone call um, calls Nador, Nandor. His uh, name is Nandor, yeah. Yeah, like the, what we do in the shadows guy. Yeah. Okay, so he gets a phone call from Jeff. Jeff has thumbs. Jeff can dial. <laughs> Jeff has what did Jim say in the movie? He has little little nimble fingers and he can Oh yeah, he has little nimble fingers. <laughs> so he um he so the thing that gets uh Nandor is he says uh the last thing that his dad ever said to him. Yeah. And you know, he's even saying later it it disturbs him and he's like what did you say and like makes him want to find Jeff even harder. But he even says, like, you know, it's a pretty common thing that somebody could have said. It's not that weird. Yeah. He tries I mean, to explain one, it away. Yeah. I mean, he is right. And magicians do this a lot, too. Yeah. Cold readings. Cold readings. This weird. little girl, if that was Jeff, like I said, Jeff Jeff disappeared. There's not still a Jeff on the Isle of Man. If there was still a Jeff to this day, then, yeah, it'd be weird. Yeah. Jeff. It would definitely be weird if Jeff there was left people the still Irvings, hearing. Whenever the Irvings left the Isle of Man. He hasn't been seen since. Yeah, I wonder why. Uh, I guess he left. I guess he... <laughs> and, yeah, like I said, I think that the true rational explanation behind this is uh, it's obviously the daughter, but also this ruined the daughter's life at the time, and she stuck by that she didn't, she didn't create Jeff, and she never said anything different. And I don't know. I think whenever you're taking that hard of a stance... And you know that this kind of like ruined her life at the time. Maybe put some other things in there that did that did give people a reason to believe in Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Is that I would have liked to see more of the the things that people did account in real life that did make me think, wow, Jeff, I could see where people would be a little agnostic about Jeff and not really believe because, I mean, I'm not, I don't think that all the people on this island are stupid. They probably did have a thought that it was probably the daughter, but then something weird like that would happen. He would quote poetry that hadn't come out yet, or he would play a game, and there's no way that the daughter could have known the answer to that or whatever, or said something to someone. And whether they knew the actual answer to it, they also couldn't explain it. And so they kind of had an agnostic belief about Jeff. They wanted to believe in Jeff. Yeah. Or they maybe they just went along with it because the daughter was so good at ventriloquism and it was funny. Who I mean, knows? yeah, it is talented one way or the other. Yeah. It's, it's talent. Uh, but in the movie, um, 
he gets so so the climax of him seeing Jeff they, he can finally see Jeff Jeff has finally allowed him to see him but it's like in a barn in the dark and Jeff is like just a barely little tough of fur oh yeah the fur too oh yeah th- yeah that actually did happen whenever they wanted a sample of Jeff's fur and someone sent it in and the animal expert said that there's no way that that's a mongoose it's dog hair and they had dogs yeah and they had dogs <laughs> so but last podcast on the left said maybe maybe it was maybe it was some like dog mongoose hybrid <laughs> <laughs> jeff's so cheeky he just pulled the hair off the dog okay and but that is him. a thing that is the thing with jeff and i wish they would have have had more more jeff talking in the movie because mm-hmm. jeff was extremely cheeky like very 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 cheeky so jeff's like actual cheekiness with everyone i made the village made the isle of man come up with wild stories of um jeff maybe like shifting into things and doing things on purpose to cause mischief yeah which just kind of plays into people believing again. Yeah, the, the Isle of Man is, you know, a part of the British Isles that a lot of those isles have a lot of um, fairy the mythology in their culture. Yeah. And Jeff does act kind of like a mischievous little fairy. Yeah, he does. He acts like he's, a little mischievous he's, he's fairy. He's very puckish. Yeah. So maybe that's Jeff's just a little fairy that said he was a mongoose. Who knows? So, but in the movie, so he, he goes to see Jeff and it's just like a box and it's, you can barely see a little thing moving in the box and Jeff talks to him and they're just like, oh, Jeff's done. Bye. And Jeff barely talks to him. He Someone can't see anything. Fainted. It's dark. They're like, oh my God, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else is really wowed by it, but of course he isn't. And uh, the skeptical guy, the, the farmhand, he's like, He's like, you're being an asshole. Like, I bet you're not. Invi- I bet you're not fun at a lot of parties. And he's like, I'm invited to a lot of parties With that talk a, about all science. The people that talk about the most boring things possible. <laughs> yeah. So the movie progresses, and he, the climax of the movie, which I'm sure didn't happen in real life, of course not. Yeah, no. The climax of the movie is he rages back in, drunk as fuck, to try to get into the barn to try to see what's in there. To try to bust in and prove it wrong, and then they hit him over the head, and he spends a night in jail. And the climax of the movie is him begging Jeff. He wants to see Jeff. Just please, Jeff, show me something. Scratch me on the hand through the through the bars where he can't see, and he gets scratched by something. He's like, "Owie, owie!" <laughs> it's Simon Pegg. The roles, the actor, actors do a great job in this. It's more of like the material is just so straightforward that it doesn't do anything that really wows you. Yeah. It's like it, it, the movie more like hopefully, you know, we told you the true story. It's an interesting story. Wish the movie had made it more interesting. Yeah, if you want to listen to the same podcast I listened to, yeah, it's we recommend, episode, <laughs> episode 409 of the last podcast on the left. We recommend the podcast more than we recommend the movie. Yeah, the podcast was really interesting. I was very I was very in, like invested in it. Yeah, so yeah, he goes on um he goes home uh this was his most famous case right yeah and so this is one of those things he did not want this to be his most famous that's true in the movie too he did not want this to be something that he was known for so that's true in real life and the movie yeah so that was kind of one of the points of the movie is that he was famous beforehand 
for being a skeptic, debunking. Like I said, he was more agnostic about things, gave cheeky answers, you know, kind of like I do on the episode where we saw the shadow people. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but he did not want to be known for this. And it turned like any, like, obviously there's a movie about him. There's a podcast about him. We're talking about him on the podcast. You've never heard. He's known for. (laughs) Yeah. You've never heard of this man before. And the only reason you know about it is because of this fucking mongoose. So it kind of did destroy his life too, to a point. So Jeff destroys lives, that cheeky little fairy mongoose from he the Isle destroyed, of Man. He just, just Life Destroyer. One of my favorite ministry songs, Isle of Man. I love that album. Shout out to ministry. <laughs> Real goth music gatekeeping here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think that's all we got to say about uh, Nander, Fodor, and the talking mongoose. It was a it was an all right movie. Watch it on streaming. I wouldn't recommend watching it in theater. Honestly, don't. It's not in theaters anymore. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> I mean, if you if you think that the story is interesting, watch it on streaming. But uh, I thought it was okay. This next movie is a lot more interesting and has a whole lot going on. Oh yeah, we watched Bottoms. Uh yeah, so we saw Bottoms. Um, what score did you give it? I don't, I'm really behind on Letterboxd. Well, what score would you give it since you have quit Letterboxd because you guys listening to our podcast won't follow Kayla? Um, honestly, I laughed a whole lot in this movie. I'd probably give it four stars. It really? Was, four it was stars? Pretty funny, yeah. Maybe I'll raise it. Um, I had it three and a half. It was really original movie. I might raise it on a second watch. I... I mean, yeah. I, I didn't see you laughing all that much in the movie. No, you were I laughing did. on the inside. No, I really did <laughs> okay. laugh a whole lot. I, it was mostly at Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> so yeah. So the, the, the <laughs> so this is the first Jeff movie. This one, this the Jeff in this movie. This movie is also about Jeff. Uh, it's this is starts with a J though. <laughs> this this was, one starts with a J. This is a J Jeff. <laughs> so this movie. Um, it only showed at one theater in town, and I haven't seen a lot of people talking about it, but we're going to say it first. Once this movie gets out and people start seeing it, people are going to talk about this movie Can a I lot. tell you why I'm giving it four stars personally, though? Because it's gay? N- well, no, it's not just that. I really, really liked, and, and no, this is going to be the reason that you're just saying that people are going to start talking about it, but they're going to start talking about it because they're going to miss the point of this, and I'm going to say it now. I gave, I'm giving this movie four stars instead of three and a half personally, just because they took every raunchy high school comedy and college, right before college comedy that we watched in the early 2000s that took like what wasn't supposed to be funny topics and tried to make them funny. And they took that and they made fun of them. And I thought it was funny and they made it really gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this movie is um, about a lesbian fight club in high school. <laughs> and, and I, I know right now you're like, why the fuck haven't I heard of this movie? I don't know. Why haven't you heard it's of this movie? It's a lesbian fight club. And okay, but the thing is that... The, it's this starts out as two lesbian best friends they're not together they're just, they, yeah there's no, there's none of that in this movie yeah, which is also nice isn't that they is have nice. other interests they're not every lesbian lesbians can be friends with each other okay <laughs> you can girls can be friends with other girls and not want to fuck each other but anyway but their goal is to create a lesbian fight club with it 
so that they can kiss two girls that they really yeah. want to kiss. So like we're saying, this same plot is usually used by like the guys. It's like the American Pie story. We gotta get laid. We gotta before get laid this. before we get out of high school. And, and like whenever you watch those movies now. You're, they're kind of cringe because you're like, oh my god, these these jerks are literally just like trying to use women just to sleep with them. Yeah, and this movie spins a lot of that shit on its head. Yeah. Um. So this movie is directed by Emma Spielman. Um. They have directed Shiva Baby, which also starred uh Rachel Sidnot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about her before in our previous episode, which everyone loved, about <laughs> <laughs> the weekend show. The idol. The idol. <laughs> and she was in that. And our uh, sound guy, Joe's like, she's going to be the next star. And he, he thought that this movie was one of the things. She is really talented because not only is she the star in this movie, but she also wrote it. Yeah, she is talented. She was also in Bodies, 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 but that came out Oh, before. she was really great in that. I yeah. love that movie. Yeah, that movie was great. Uh, she's, she's a funny, she's a funny comedian. I guess she's mostly a comedian. I've seen her in comedies. Yeah. Was she funny in, <laughs> is she a funny in the idol? No. I mean, I don't think she was supposed to be funny, but. <laughs> okay. No, she wasn't funny in the idol, but she's a good comedian. She helped, uh, co-write this movie with the director. I think it was director. produced by, uh, Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. Elizabeth Banks is trying to help people out when she's not directing mediocre bear movies well she should stick to <laughs> producing yeah she this movie's a lot better than cocaine bear yeah so i haven't seen shiva baby it's on my list uh, i'll watch it soon maybe we should just kick that up the list so i can get it out of the way <laughs> yeah maybe if it's as best as good as this well, it movie sounds like we have maybe some have to rough weeks in a few <laughs> weeks uh so yeah they start a oh, 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 oh the um the other star of this movie is io god damn it I have to pronounce her name. Ayo Edbiri? Oh my gosh. Edbiri? Anyways, we've watched two movies with her in it this year. She was in Across the Spider-Verse, and she played April in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. So she's a big voice actress this year. Mm -hmm. You know, she's actually, you know, she's on fire this year. She's in like three movies that I've given like four stars to. Since I'm going to raise my score on this one, since Kayla loved it, and I have to do what Kayla says. You don't. No, you can. You can keep your score at three <laughs> no, and a half if you I, want. It was really original. Us talking about it will probably make me raise my score more. Um, it it just took some time to get used to the comedy because it is just like so. Okay, so the the movie does a really good job of like. Uh, I've seen. I saw people comparing it to not another teen movie, but like in a like doing it better. So like not a teen movie, another teen movie was like make also making fun of all those movies from the 2000s, but being like way over the top with it. And you can tell they're making fun of them. Yeah. And this movie is more like low key, like it's like going on in the background. Yeah. Like, so Jeff is uh, the, oh, you know what? Okay. So it reminded me more, not so much of another teen movie. It reminded me of Troma. Troma High. Oh, yeah, yeah. It reminded me of, um, what's it called? Class of Newcomb High. Yeah. Like, it reminded me of, like, that kind of take on, like, the high school stuff. Of where, so there's, like, 
you see the school and like it's there you only see one teacher and he doesn't give a shit mm-hmm. and he just like sits down throws his feet up on the desk and looks at a magazine there is a man in a cage in the classroom <laughs> and they never say anything about I it love, this is some of the stuff that really like no, I did not belly laugh every time, but I love the things that were going on in the background where they, it was just normalized in this high school to have a man in a cage behind them. So, like, Jeff is the quarterback of the football team, and they make it really clear that this school does not give a fuck about education. It's all about football. They only care about Jeff. They only care. It's not yet. It's not only just football. It's about Jeff. It's about the quarterback. They can't serve <laughs> pineapple in the cafeteria because Jeff is oh, allergic God, the, to pineapple. His, his friend, um, God, what was that guy's name? His friend, was it Tim? Yeah, Tim, who like knocked the pineapples down. He was like, you don't serve pineapples here. And he oh, was I really- think we need to give a shout out to um, Kaya Gerber in this movie. Who was that? That's Cindy Crawford's daughter. Oh, really? How dare you? What? <laughs> that is Cindy Crawford's daughter. Who was? That Kaya Gerber, the best friend of the the, the girl, the cheerleader. Oh, that, one of the ones that they... Oh, Kaya Gerber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. One of the other ones that they wanted to fuck. Yeah. Well, one of them wanted to fuck. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that is Cindy Crawford's daughter. Okay. Uh, she was in Babylon, too. Um, oh, you're right. Um... Then uh, Havana Rose Lou was the other one, and I haven't really seen what she was in. She looked kind of, I don't know. But uh, so, yeah, so (laughs) Jeff is, of course, dating the 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 um head cheerleader head cheerleader and that's the girl that um the the leads they want to fuck the head cheerleader and the head cheerleader's friend best friend best friend and they. Um, so, so like, like I said, the school is obsessed with the football team and they're like, the, it's a high school and they're like, phrase for the football team is like, get horny. (laughs) (laughs) Who's ready to get horny? And all the pictures of like, are Jeff with his shirt off posing? Like, they like really sexualize Jeff and like the team. Uh, Whenever they get on the intercom and they're like. They're like someone from the, what was the opposing team's name? Huntington. Someone from Huntington beat the shit out of this student, and everyone's like, "Oh, they're coming!" And this is like normalizing this school that Huntington's coming. They're going to beat the shit out of all the weaklings. Yeah. So like the the high school rivalry of the other team, they just like allude that they've been like murdering people from the school for all these years. Yeah. And they just kind of normalize it. So the uh, inciting incident at the beginning of the movie is you know they're at a carnival and um they're they establish that they can't really hit on the ladies that they like very well yeah. <laughs> as most <laughs> i'm bad at flirting too it's just a thing <laughs> so um then they see jeff and the head cheerleader get into a fight so they're like this is our chance let's uh and get her in her car so we can give her a safety home and then jeff won't leave the front of their car so she just like barely scoots forward and barely like hits he, his ankle. Yeah, like yeah. it like he barely touches it. And this is the most. I actually did laugh. Really, I'm surprised you missed me like laughing really hard at the scene because it was so fucking over the top. Yeah, well, it was funny. The like I said, his uh, best friend was like, "This isn't the way." <laughs> I forget what the name of their team is. <laughs> but um, so they act like Jeff is like completely destroyed for their teams, and Jeff is like hamming it up uh so that tim was the name of his friend mm-hmm. so the they almost get expelled and the only way they keep from getting expelled is 
by pretending that they have a club. So they have to make up what kind of club they are. They're like, it's a fight club. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie kind of has a lot of like nods to other movies and it has a nod to fight club uh later in the in the movie uh after the third act breakup spoilers uh well you can just expect a third act breakup from this type of movie uh later in the movie they're having a movie night and they just call it like david fincher movie night (laughs) yeah (laughs) so they establish uh fight club oh that's the other big thing in the movie so at the beginning the um other supporting character lesbian is uh hazel played by ruby cruz oh yeah and uh she that they lie to to ruby as it's starting off as a joke by saying that they were in juvie all summer mm-hmm. and it was really tough and <laughs> they had to make uh they had to make josie's uh say that uh she killed a she killed a girl, <laughs> but they, then they brought her back to life. <laughs> no, she was dead for only like five minutes, but they brought, they her, back brought her back to life. To life. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, I killed her, but it's oh no, that's why I'm not in jail for murder. She came back. <laughs> so all these girls in this high school think they're taking um, self defense class from these like tough juvie girls. And then when they get to the actual fighting, is hilarious because they don't know how to fight and they're just like. She's just like punch each other in the face. And they're just like, yeah, yeah. And you're like, yeah. But eventually, like, they do start learning how to fight because they're constantly beating on each other. <laughs> but then you kind of find, and you know what? I relate to this because we're told not to fight as girls, but it's a little cathartic sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had a boy fight club when I was in high school. So, yeah, it's <laughs> girls fight. I mean, I used to play bloody knuckles and stuff with my brothers. Well, um, yeah, you have, that's believable with your brothers. <laughs> so, uh, so they kind of, you know, div- they, what's the other girl that has like the braces? That's like, I'm going to kill my stepdad. Oh my God. That girl was so fucking funny. <laughs> so, so she was like, Sly queen. Yes, queen. <laughs> and, uh, so they, they have to have a support for their group so they get their teacher and he's the only teacher you see in the school and he just like you can, he's going through a divorce and he's like <laughs> he, he has his arc kind of through the movie is that he doesn't pay attention to the kids the shit that he writes on the board that they're supposed to be learning there's they're like boobs on the board yeah they're never actually learning anything yeah and they have that one class and then the rest of school is they go outside and watch the football team <laughs> and that's class <laughs> so he joins up for this and he's like i'm not sure i'm allowed to be here <laughs> he's like this is all girls and you're all teenagers <laughs> and uh so the big scene in the movie that i can't wait for some sensitive little bitch on the internet to get um upset about this scene but they have a scene where they turn rape into a joke and that's the one thing that sensitive internet bitches say not to do yeah they have like a this so they're trying to be more emotional instead of fighting all the time and they sit down and she goes, raise your hand if you've been raped before. <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this is like the one thing they say not to joke about. And the movie went there. I'm just like, oh, damn. <laughs> like I said, this movie did jokes and things that yeah, surprised it me. Do, like I said in the movie theater, people say not to joke about it. And then they make it a joke by turning every like circle conversation into that shit. And you're like, why are we talking about this right now? Yes. So, so like, 
like I said, the movie is like dark at times too, but it doesn't like actually try to get dark. Like the girl who wants to kill her dad, like, well, guess what she says in the group? Like, yeah. That's why she wants to kill her stepdad. And we were, I was like, oh, <laughs> I knew this was probably going to happen. Yeah, like I said, literally every girl raises their hand. Yeah. And um, the teacher's there and he. So obviously it's making a statement. It's not just trying to joke. Like well, all that, the girls raise well, their that's hands the problem. and that's true. Well, that's the problem with the sensitive dumbass bitches on the internet that can't understand nuance, right? Dumb bitches on the internet. Yeah. And obviously this was they're, a very. They, they're going to see this scene and they're not going to understand the nuance because it, it takes a, very a fucking layered, brain to understand nuance. A very nuance. layered joke. Obviously it starts out by saying that these circles always turn into talk about rape and sexual assault. Yeah. But then it goes on to say that, yes, it happens to way too many women. So can you really fault it there? You're probably still going to, but it's whatever. Yeah, I can't. Like I said, I can't wait for this movie to get more attention and then get canceled once it gets too much attention because the movie does not pull its punches with stuff. I hope that they don't make the mistake whenever that starts to happen by trying to explain these jokes. Yeah, that doesn't work. That's that's what happened to me. Don't try to talk to the dumb bitches on the Internet. Don't like yeah, like not that anyone from this movie is ever going to listen to our podcast, but I don't think that anyone should have to explain their art like that. If you make the joke and you stand by it and you didn't have ill intention, you don't have to explain it to people. What they, People get it or they don't. Oh, I think that the Rachel Sidnot is smarter than that. And so, I hope is, so. so is the woman director. Well, it is a fully... This movie is made by... An, and it's made by... It's an LGBT movie made by women. Like, it's made by women. The director's a woman. The writer's a woman. It's about, it's about LGBT gay shit from a female lens. Right. It's, it's horny well, from a female lens. That's sometimes my issue with um, not only just internet speak, but women circles in general is that we're all so quick to say only women can make jokes about this. And then as soon as they do and it's not the one that they find tasteful, then they're trying to chastise those women. And I don't understand that. Well, yeah, you hear the <laughs> same thing where you say that your favorite movies are rape revenge movies so. yeah i i like i think i i think i think that rape revenge movies when done well are very cathartic especially as a victim and then i'm told that i'm gross for that and i need to go to therapy and i'm like okay first yeah. first of all pay for it I, second of all a therapist isn't going to tell me that i'm doing anything wrong by exposing myself to the content yeah no therapist is ever going to tell you to and i say this because sam's mom is a therapist <laughs> And has never blinked an eye at anything I've ever said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I the the movie that's probably the the one that hits the hardest. But there's other little things in the movie that might offend the more sensitively woke crowd out there from this movie, which I enjoyed. That this movie did not try to tiptoe around those people. No, it didn't. And I don't think that. I mean, I don't think that comedy should. I mean, if you don't, like I said, if you don't have ill intention when making the joke and it's actually a good joke, then who cares? Yeah. We've seen a, a lot of um, more heart rated R gross out comedies this mm -hmm. year. I wouldn't call this one a gross out one. I don't know. It wasn't, it didn't show nudity either. There was a scene that almost showed nudity, but it didn't even show it. Like someone showed, there's a scene later where someone flashes at the football game and they're like, uh, it's a football game. And she's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I got all worked up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, we've been but there But they didn't before. show her boobs. So the other movies we talked about showed boobs, and this one didn't. No. And they were probably doing that because they were all supposed to be teenagers. And that also gets under some of these sensitive little people's skin sometimes, too. Well, they're teenagers. But, I mean, like, yeah, there was a lot of like sex Rachel talk Like, Rachel Sidnott's, like, 25 or something. Like, she's pretty old, isn't she? 
like all these people oh yeah we've mentioned this a few times in the podcast and um yeah at this point if you don't understand that we're not gonna be super quote unquote pc about teenagers being played by 25 year olds and still calling themselves teenagers in the movie then why are you why are you fucking listening to our podcast so um so yeah the the during that scene the the they kind of have a through line with the teacher mr g where he talks about his divorce and uh everyone else shares their rape story and he he's like i'm a man and my biggest problem is i can't talk about my divorce yeah and everyone's like thank you for being vulnerable with us yeah and then like the next day at school he's like we're learning about how feminism's awesome i'm a feminist now feminism is great that's what it says on the board (laughs) feminism's great and then the other scene that uh happened pretty soon after that was uh they have a um a uh, a drive to raise money and to raise money at their drive the way these are the ways they're raising their money one of their cousins is a car model so old men can take pictures of her leaning against a car mm-hmm. uh the the high school girls are selling their used it's underwear called the panty drive <laughs> the panty drive that's it yeah so the high school girls are selling their panties and to oh my to raise god money. this joke was really funny because Usually in these scenes, they show half-naked teenage girls doing car washes, and they do that in real life. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone's probably like, this is so gross. They're selling their panties. Okay, well, what's... It's kind of the same thing as, like, watching teenage girls wash your fucking car Jeez, in bathing suits. Huh? I wouldn't be surprised. I didn't know that actually happened, but okay. No, that actually... I mean, that's actually... I like mean, I'm a- not surprised. Everyone's a fucking creep around here. But, yeah, uh, I mean, like maybe not to, like in the most scandal, like not the same types of bikinis yeah. as they were in the I, movies. Yeah, high school girl, but car they're still wash. in bathing suits, watching cars and yeah. stuff. They, so the other, th- so they were selling their panties, and they were also I don't even know what they were doing, washing the girls' feet. Oh yeah, and like uh, what's her name? PJ is the name of Rachel's character, and she's like, "Don't let them touch between your toes." <laughs> 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 yeah this is a, just really weird stuff like that i was like this is like some dan schneider yeah <laughs> types um, <laughs> this was like channeling the nickelodeon type weird stuff for a minute that's it. yeah so they so it actually turns out that jeff is having sex with um one of the teachers at the school it's uh is that hazel's, hazel's mom? mom yeah and she's probably the biggest supporting character yeah in the movie and she's kind of helping so pj and um and josie and they make sure to tell kind- you that it's technically legal because jeff is 18 obviously <laughs> yeah so um they the, the, uh, hazel's really the one that's like running the club and doing the stuff and they're right. kind of taking advantage of her and lying to her and disrespecting her Mm -hmm. so it turns out that jeff uh is banging hazel's mom who was kind of played as uh they kind of like rift mad mean girls a lot in this too Mm -hmm. so she's kind of the mom that's like the cool mom that you know the the drunk the drunk rich mom at home yeah who's also banging the quarterback (laughs) who's also banging the quarterback (laughs) (laughs) so so they want to get revenge and bomb 
bitch. Uh, they don't want to bomb no, Jeff's yeah. car. Hazel's like, I can make a bomb. And everyone's like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, she's like really into making <laughs> so bombs. So they just go and they're just trying to like roll his they're house. They're trying to roll his house, but they can't because they can't really throw the that toilet was such paper. A gr- that was such a girl joke. It was funny. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it felt. <laughs> and they show Jeff like just dancing to a, a song. I forget the song that they play, but he's just like it was a ball. oblivious and like dancing to a song the whole time. And doesn't notice it, so they like really fail at like egging and toilet papering his house. <laughs> they try their best, but and they can't even to do run it. Back into the van, and Hazel puts the bomb under his car anyway, and blows his car up. <laughs> yeah, so that uh, gets them all in trouble, which kind of rolls into the third act breakup when they get mad at Hazel, and Hazel outs them for not going to Juvie. Yeah, Hazel outs them for not actually going to Juvie. Oh, wait, wait, don't, never mind. No, no. Before this they, happens, no, they... they she didn't, hadn't done that yet. They tell Hazel, PJ tells Hazel that she has no friends, and she's a bitch to Hazel, and Hazel runs off to Jeff's best friend at that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the best friend is kind of the evil one that's trying to tear them all down, because mm-hmm. they're pestering Jeff. And they need their quarterback, They Jeff. need him to be focused for the game. Because that other team is going to literally murder everybody. Yeah, the, the other team is going to murder <laughs> the, everyone. The other team is going to literally kill everybody. <laughs> so they need him focused. <laughs> <laughs> they need him focused or everyone's going to die. Yeah. Uh, so uh, then they have their scenes where they kind of hook up or don't hook up with their respective yeah. crushes, right? Um. What what's the other jo- so so Josie Josie hooks up with successfully hooks up with, with the head cheerleader the head cheerleader and then the PJ PJ kisses tries to kiss Brittany on her bed and Brittany does the whole we've all we've all experienced this once twice maybe ten times with a woman where she's like I'm straight yeah um, <laughs> and you're like oh she's like oh sorry <laughs> so yeah it didn't didn't work out for one of them works out for the other one and then their group kind of falls apart yeah and then you know it falls apart because like it's the third act breakup it's the part in that high school movie where they you know oh you were doing this just to hook up with me how well, dare this, you yeah part. this all happens at the pep rally where hazel gets the shit oh beat yeah over. so you finally figure out what the guy in the cage of the classroom was for the whole time yeah, he's the he's wrestling un- guy he's the wrestling guy and he is absolutely fucking unhinged so at the prep rally they're like oh if you're so good at fighting then you should be able to fight this guy this guy that's three times your size so they make him fight hazel and just beats the shit out of hazel yeah uh so that so after that they're just kind of like guess you guys didn't actually learn anything at your fight club because you weren't able to beat this guy three times your size (laughs) this buff man that we keep in a cage the whole movie (laughs) they add the cage out they let him out of the cage like i said the movie just kind of does these jokes without it's like it strikes a good middle ground between like being grounded and realistic and being like not another teen movie where it's like so absurd right so it like still feels grounded, but not. Yeah, it's it's um, probably one of the best accomplishments of the movie is the vibe that they gave off with how absurd the shit is with the classroom, with their panty drive, with the girl lesbian fight club. Like 
but also I keeping it somewhat grounded. Whenever they're showing it, it's not focused on it. It's yeah, always like it's always in the background. It's, always it's kind in of the like a background joke. There's a yeah. lot. Of, it, this is a movie with a lot of background jokes. Where if you're not paying attention, it's, and those movies are great too because you watch them a second time and you catch things you didn't catch the first time because there's so much shit going on in the background that's little jokes, things written on the wall, little gags going on in the corner. So. um yeah, so they have their third act breakup, and uh, I th- one of my favorite lines, she's like, you tried to hook up with me too, but I'm straight, I only watch gay porn. I only watch gay porn. <laughs> I'm straight, I only watch gay porn. <laughs> so that's what, that's what she says at the football game. Oh, later, okay. Yeah. I thought it was there. No, no. Um, so they have their little third act breakup where they're all sad, and... Um, Josie goes and talks to a older queer and that lives in a, a, and like a trailer. A, yeah, one of those air. They didn't really show anywhere else in the movie, but yeah. talks to a elder queer, I guess. We all have our elder queer. So, and then that elder queer is like, well... That team's gonna come and they're gonna kill everybody. They're gonna, they're gonna murder. They know that she says that they. She says that they always murder one person off the team every year. Yeah, it starts going through the events where they burn someone at the stake, and <laughs> a bunch of other really fucked up shit. So yeah, so then jo- Josie's like, "Oh shit, they really are gonna kill somebody." <laughs> I thought that was a joke. Yeah. So uh, Josie runs back to PJ and is like. We have to throw our differences aside and come together as a team, as a club, so that we can stop this other football team from murdering Jeff. So now they're going to save Jeff. Jeff is really funny too. I haven't even we haven't even mentioned like he is some, the star of the movie. He is because he 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 is definitely a himbo. Him, I love that this is the year of the himbo. The year of the himbo. He's a himbo man child that just like gets everything that he wants. And every and acts time like he a baby. slams the ball down, whenever he's playing football, he goes Jeff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me, but it's like the way he says it, where it's not even really loud. He just throws the football down whenever he scores and he goes, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's why we definitely wanted to see two movies about Jeff. Uh, I was like, after we saw this movie, I'm like, we need to see that other movie with the Jeff. (laughs) This needs to be the weekend of the Jeff. (laughs) Jeff was really funny. Uh, Yeah, uh, I I think most of the people that played in this movie, probably, like I said, the most famous one, other than apparently Cindy Crawford's daughter, um... She looks like Cindy Crawford. I guess so. Yeah, they look like supermodels. Yeah, she is a supermodel. I I fucked up, and I thought the girl that played uh, Isabel, the other uh, cheerleader's friend, Mm -hmm. I seriously thought that that was the girl from um, Scream and from the Scream 5, but it wasn't. No. Okay. Am I racist? That was a little racist. Okay. You you can cancel me for that one. <laughs> I I oh, I was like I'm not I, I was like it was my thought and I'm like I'm not gonna t- say that out loud. I'm gonna check it first. I'm like okay, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> a little racist. Uh, so um, yeah, a lot of most of the cast is new. The this is the director's second movie. They seem to work with uh, Rachel Sid not a lot. Mm-hmm. We'll have to watch Shiva Baby uh, whenever we can. Whenever it shows up on my, uh, we'll we'll roll a uh, four hundred and twenty six sided dice and maybe it'll. Look oh my right. god! If stop it, <laughs> we could just watch a movie. What? Yeah, we watch movies all the time. What are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> not by probability. We could just watch it. 
<laughs> Anyways, they gotta <laughs> save Jeff. So they get the they get the club back together, even though they got their differences. It's that part of the movie where they mm-hmm. come back, and of course Hazel's like, "I'm gonna plant a bomb." <laughs> Hazel's like, "I can make a bomb." So they go and plant a bomb like on a tree on the other side of the field, and uh, there's no there's no audience for the opposing team nope no one showed up no one shows up at all and everyone's like really happy like oh here's the thing and they're like no they're really gonna come out and murder them (laughs) like no there's like they're gonna come out and kill people so like we need to stop this or figure out what's going on and they end up figuring out so jeff they've uh made sure you know throughout the movie that jeff is uh deathly allergic to pineapple so they put pineapple juice in the water sprinklers yeah. So the climax of the movie, like I said, to match the outrageous tone of the movie, the uh, girl fight club murders the whole entire. Oh, other though before this, team. though, they're trying to find a distraction, and they're they're like make out with each other. Oh yeah. <laughs> and this is where your favorite line happens. Oh, that's where it happened. Where yeah. they're um, so PJ and Hazel start making out with each other and they're making out with each other. Obviously they've for 15 liked seconds, which is my standard for LGBT makeouts in movies. Yeah. If you're not make, having your characters make out for 15 seconds, then it's not proper representation. Not so enough. yeah, it's not gay enough. Fuck you, Disney. They're like, look, we had a queer couple in the background for two seconds and people are already mad at it. No, if they're not making out for 15 seconds, at yeah, least, this, then, this movie then went there. it's they not made representation. Out for a while. Obviously, they were into each other. Clearly, that's what they were trying to say, is that Hazel and PJ, while they're both fucking assholes to each other, love each other. Yeah. <laughs> Happy ending for everybody. Um, and then that's whenever... Except you, for the other that's team. That's whenever Brittany looks at him and she's like, I'm not gay, but I do like gay porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, the other team comes out and it's a pretty bloody fight scene. They like just pull out a sword out of nowhere. And the like, girl with the braces, like the literally girl with the kills braces. someone. Yeah. The girl with the braces who wants to kill her stepdad who <laughs> pulls she out kills, a bastard she, sword. She gets, a, she gets a sword from a mascot and just stabs a football player with it. So they're just like killing the other team. And it's just like, there's been nothing like this in the movie so far. So you're like, damn. <laughs> and then after it's over, they're like, oh, they killed Jeff. Yay. And then they're like, oh, hey, oh, you killed a lot of people like oh yeah oh that guy oh (laughs) (laughs) that guy's dead (laughs) yeah oh that guy's definitely dead (laughs) so um was there a little little stinger oh i will say about the end of this movie not spoilers but uh everyone's been missing this about about movies we have been missing the during the credits outtakes reel oh yeah i love outtakes reels yeah. yeah we have missed this in movies and it is back baby yeah i so. hope they i hope we do that more again because i that was like my one of, some of my favorite parts of movies period was the outtakes yeah so uh, uh we're done with the uh hang out through uh the t- 10 minute long credits for a short little clip of a character that only the biggest nerd in the room will understand let's bring back outtakes credits Mm -hmm. because that was great so we definitely recommend this movie uh i think that we're gonna be some of the first people talking about this because i think once this movie hits the streaming app and people actually start posting about it i think there's gonna be memes from this movie i think that people are gonna really talk about this but bottoms was great uh so bottoms up (laughs) 
<laughs> Bottoms up. Bottoms <laughs> Dad up. joke jail. <laughs> I, I changed my score from a three and a half to a four. You didn't have to do that. It, well, Kayla's so persuasive. Have you ever had to talk to her? <laughs> she is the most persuasive lady in the world. Aww. Aww. <laughs> don't, don't disagree with Kayla. She'll annihilate you. <laughs> I wasn't. Oh my God. She'll completely fucking destroy you. You could have kept it at three and a half. I would have been fine. <laughs> oh, no. No, you wouldn't. And you, you changed my mind. You're right. It was great. <laughs> I'm sure on a second watch, I will. I would have raised it anyways. Yeah. The only thing that was holding me back from it was the um, the flow of the movie was pretty standard. Like I said, third act breakup. This happens. This happens. This happens. But that could have been the point because it was also kind of a spoof of all these things. I took it as the point of yeah. it, but also aside from that, it didn't. The jokes in it and everything were funny enough. They didn't and pull her punches. It, it was, was gay enough to. It make, was gay as fuck. It was original. Yeah. Jokes were funny. They were original. Everything was original about it. So I couldn't really fault it too much, even if they did do a typical movie formula. Yeah. So definitely see that. And then uh, skip on Jeff and watch, listen to that podcast instead. But also like and share our podcast. Yeah. Like and share our podcast. Review our podcast. It helps a lot for us to be seen other places. And join our Facebook group, Unhinged Movie Misfits. Yeah. Uh, post more on the Facebook group. That helps a lot, too. We're pretty active in there, and we hope to do more polls, especially with some of the harder weeks to watch movies. We'll probably take a little bit of downtime to watch other things at home instead of trying to trying to tough it out in the theater for movies that are just not worth it. Yep, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. No. <laughs>